This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to Activate Your Strengths with Rhonda Boyle. StrengthsFinder 2.0 is an analytical assessment created by Gallup Corporation, and many people today are using it to change their lives, improve their relationships, and enhance their work experience. This is the podcast where we explore using your natural talents and gifts in your personal and professional development. And now, here's your host, Rhonda Boyle. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. My name is Rhonda Boyle, and this is the Activate Your Strengths show, and we are ready to get started, aren't we, Jason? We're ready. Yep, here you are. You got all your bells and whistles going over there. I got my lights flashing. Okay, let's get this show on the road. I am very happy to introduce my guest this morning, uh, Mr. Kyle Draper. He owns Draper and Sons Construction, and he has taken the Strengths Finder assessment that is. Uh, uh, running and, and a movement here through Oklahoma City, and he's used it in his business, and he's very engaged in his church, and he uses it there. And he is married to the lovely Lana and has two babies, Harrison and Everly. And I just welcome you to the show. Kyle, glad you're here. Yeah, Rhonda, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Me too. So let's start off. Um, our audience, or many of our audience, they know that we have, uh, we're working with the Strengths Finder assessment that has 34 talent themes. And when you take the test, you learn what your top five are in dominance. So tell us what those are for you. My top five are positivity, belief, responsibility, futuristic, and Includer. Wow, that is a great set of talents there. Now, if I remember, you took the test quite some time ago. I think you took it before I did. I did. I took the test back in 2007 uh, when I first came on staff with a church that I was at as a student pastor. And my boss, he had all of his staff members take the assessment the day we came on staff. And so right away, I got to really dive in to what my strengths are and why they're important and all that good stuff. Sure. Now, why did he do that? Well, I think he did it for several reasons. You know, he he was a really strong leader. And and so on one hand, uh, he wanted to learn how to lead us individually and not just force us to fall under his leadership style. And so by knowing where we excel and what we're good at, it it allowed him to better lead us. Uh, Also, you know, we we worked at at a big church and so we had lots of meetings about all different things, budgets, creativity, kids, students, women's, men, everything. And it would be so uh, hard when he would just invite everybody to be a part of every meeting. And so by identifying our strengths, then he, he knew right away who to invite to what meeting, who was going to naturally flow in, in the certain meetings we were having. Uh, and it was easy, especially for me having Includer, to to not feel left out when I didn't get invited to a meeting <laughs> right. that maybe was a budgeting meeting or uh, you know something along those lines that had no futuristic in it. And so uh, he knew that I would serve no purpose there. So it was easy to just not invite me, and then I didn't get my feelings hurt. It would have probably killed you to sit on the finance committee meeting. Yes, (laughs) terribly. (laughs) Me too, me too. That's not my sweet spot either. So let me ask you, what was the biggest aha that you had once you, you you took the test, they gave you these five words? 
What did you think at first? I think my very first aha moment was when I saw how high belief was. And then once I began to read about belief and then sit through your seminar and and have you kind of teach me what belief really is, it, it allowed me really to look back over the last 15 years of my life and go, oh, that's why I did that or that's why I didn't do that. Because if it wasn't tied in to who I am, to the purpose of my life, then I just didn't care about doing it. And so it didn't matter how important the task may be or how simple it was. If you could give me some vision as to why taking out the trash is really important, <laughs> then I'll do it whistling and, and I'll enjoy it because I know the vision behind it. But if it's just being told of me to do something, but there's no reason as to why that's valuable or something for me to really believe on, then I just couldn't muster up the passion to usually want to go through with it. And so that was a really big eye-opener for me. Somebody has to push your belief button, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, you can come over and take out the trash anytime you want at my place. Now, you bring up a really good point about the talent of belief. People who have belief have a deep need to have a purpose. They are purpose-driven. And so, like you said, you're not going to do anything unless you know the reason behind it. And then that reason has to align with your belief. I think you told me that it kept you out of trouble in high school. Yeah, absolutely. I I was always the guy that would encourage friends to do things that they shouldn't be doing because I knew that I didn't want to be the one to get in trouble uh, with my parents. And, and, and so, and then there was always, you know, I remember growing up, uh, I wasn't allowed to see rated R movies at, in high school, even, even though I was 17, I still wasn't allowed to. And, uh, a couple times I would find myself sneaking into them and not telling my parents. But then as soon as they really started helping me clearly understand why they were protecting me from movies like that, then it, it gave me really permission to tell my friends, no, I'm, I'm not going mm-hmm. because there's greater value in me not putting those things into my mind. Mm-hmm. And so once my parents could kind of tap that belief button, then uh, they they knew how to rein me in a little bit better. Well, that belief button that you have has to live in integrity. And you're very uh, high in things like honesty and you can't stand lying and, and those types of things. That's a a significant marker for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's huge for me. So let's talk about positivity. That's the talent. I see the positivity shining all over your face. You are never without a smile. And so tell me how that looks in your life. How does that show up? Oh my gosh. Uh, Sometimes terribly, uh, if I'm around people that, that have positivity in like their 30s. But you know, for me, I've just I've never met a day that I can't see being great. So whether it starts that way or it doesn't, there's always the the bright spot uh, that that I can get to, and and so I, I just I love having an outlook on life that that just that you know that people are for me, people aren't out there to get me. You know, yes, bad things may happen, but that's just a circumstance. That's not directing me in any way for the future of my life. Right. And and so I just, uh, I see it everywhere I go. And I think it's really allowed me, uh, I think sometimes I find myself latching on to people 
that aren't positive because I see the need for some positivity in their life. And, and so it's easy for me to just encourage. Like I love inspiring people and I love teaching and, and getting to preach at our church and, and just knowing that, that something I said served as an encouragement to someone or maybe lift them up out of a pit that they'd found themselves in. Sure. Like, I just, I love that stuff. Like, I could just eat it up all day. You can't be around negative Nellies very long, though. No, I can't. It's, I've got to be around people that realize they're negative and have a desire to be more positive. Sure. But yeah, if it's just someone that refuses to see the good in anything, they'll get 10 or 15 minutes with me and I'll be done with them. <laughs> <laughs> because I just can't handle being around people like that right. more than I have to. Now, let me ask you, I know that you have taken or you've heard of and taken spiritual gifts inventories through your church. That's very popular with a lot of churches. And your talent of positivity shows up as joy. Yeah, that. that that was I mean, earlier when you asked about the aha moment. I guess this would have been my second. So I knew that I was positivity number one, but... It wasn't until a few months ago, our, our pastor at our church was preaching on spiritual gifts, and, and he started reading scripture, and he talked about how one of the, the spiritual gifts that's talked about the most is joy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when he started saying that some people are just given the gift of being joyful, I, I just started to cry because my whole life, I can remember people saying stuff like, you're supposed to be sad. You should not be happy right now. Like sure. that wasn't good. Do you good. have to be happy all the time? You know, or like, why are you so fake? Why? Yes. You know, there's no way you can be this happy all the time. And and so when when I was able to take what Strengths Finder said about me, and then take what what God has said about me, and that joy is an actual spiritual gift. It, it really just uh, I, I, for me, it's I feel like it turned it into a superpower. <laughs> You know, like I'm just Mr. Joy Positivity. Yes, you are. And and I don't have to be ashamed of it. I don't have to care if other people think it's not real, but but that this is who I am. And 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 so I I love just embracing that and that it's okay to to live life just excited and and knowing that the best is yet to come, even if it doesn't seem like that today. Yeah, there's no way anybody can deny that you have joy and positivity just all over you. I want to remind everybody that uh, Gallup has another book, or there is another book that has this is associated with StrengthsFinder, called Living Your Strengths, and it's by uh, Albert Winsman and Kurt Liesveld. And that book has in it, it, it is similar to, um, they, they equate it to the spiritual gifts inventory because the, the reality about these talents is they show up everywhere you are. You know, your positivity shows up in your work. Uh, you know, when you're talking to people about their construction, it shows up at church, it shows up at home. And so uh, this book, Living Your Strengths, can actually help people uh, really find their place within their faith community. So I would encourage anyone out there who is interested in bringing this into their church to uh, tap into that book. There's also a companion book called uh, Growing an Engaged Church. And so that really just talks about how to build a community that is strengths-based, that yeah. puts everybody where they belong, which is uh, you're obviously shining. And I, I would love to share as well, you know, just a couple weeks ago when you went to our church 
and you spoke to our interns. We have a group of interns that are college, incoming college freshmen, and you went and our pastor invited you in and you did a very quick assessment and they took the test. And I remember my pastor calling me literally moments after you left wow. and, and just was going on and on about how like, we had interns that were breaking down in tears because of what Finder revealed about themselves and I think more than anything, I gave them permission mm-hmm. for why they are the way they are. And, and so it's, it's unbelievable. You know, we talked about this yesterday in preparing for this morning about depending on the way you were raised, your denomination or a different religion, different words mean different things. Yes. Some, words, some words for some are good. Some words for others are bad. And, and so there's not that common language. And I think it's so important when when a church does incorporate strength finder it gives that common language it does and then that common language gets to be carried out into the greater community and it doesn't change so whereas a spiritual gifts inventory you don't really use words like joy and you know whatever evangelization or um uh pastor pastoring shepherding you don't really use those words in everyday life, but you can use words like positivity and belief and responsibility out in the greater community. And that's where we have the opportunity here to take one test and have that go throughout all of our communities, our work community, our faith community, our civic community, and so forth. And we are, that's exactly what we're doing, is we are creating a common language so that we can all agree yeah. on what words mean and and, uh, and their influence. So let me ask you about your futuristic, because that okay. is a fantastic talent. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but only 11% of people have this talent in their top five. And so it really is truly a gift. So tell me how that looks in your life. Gosh, futuristic. Uh, I know it drives my wife nuts (laughs) because I uh, I love to sit around and You know, I love to say things like, I can't wait till Harrison gets into high school Mm -hmm. and we can go watch him play high school sports and we can do this. And and she sees it as, honey, just enjoy where he is now. Yeah. Where for me, it has nothing to do with that. I just, I can't stop myself from thinking about what tomorrow looks like, what five years from now looks like. She'll be incredibly embarrassed for me to even tell the story. Well, but, maybe you want to rethink that. No, I, well, it's about me, so she, you know, she. It, I won't tell anything on her. But uh, randomly, probably a year ago, I just walked in the living room, was like, "Honey, what if one day I'm on the cover of Forbes magazine <laughs> as like the entrepreneur of the decade? Like, why can't that be me?" And and you know, instantly she's just like, "Oh my gosh, you're ridiculous! How <laughs> I, I don't even know how to understand what is going on in your brain." And, but for me, it's just my futuristic nature. Mm-hmm. I'm just constantly thinking about what that would be like. And, and so it's fun, but I can get myself in a lot of trouble as well if I stay there. Yes. And, and so, you know, as I like to talk about the millions that I think we're going to make, my wife will remind me, you know, honey, make a dollar today because you need that dollar to get to those millions. 
And so, you know, she serves as a great partner for me to kind of keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. And and I've even told her before, and, and this was huge for her, uh, because I, I learned it in your in your class that those of us that are futuristic, we just need to say them out loud. Yes. And as soon as I can say it, now I can leave it and go back to reality. And and so she's gotten really good at she might roll her eyes uh, still some. But she's gotten really good at just letting me talk and then knowing, okay, once that's gone, then we can come back down to earth and have a normal conversation. And so, Well, you you bring up an amazing point that's so true. And I think that for many people who have this gift, this talent of futuristic, they don't have that outlet. Or when they do speak about those futuristic dreams, they immediately get pushed down like, no, you can't do that. Or that's never going to work. Or uh, I don't see how it's it's people who cannot see who are the naysayers. Right. And so they try to steal your dreams. It's not intentional. They don't intentionally try to steal your dreams, but they don't see. And I mean, the, the future looks dark to them. They, they sure. just aren't able to see it as vividly as you are. And so they really do think you have fallen off a watermelon truck. Right. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they look at you like you're an alien. Sure. But so. it's so critical for people with futuristic to be able to speak about their dreams and their visions because it does get them out of their out of your head. Yeah. Because if they if you don't have an outlet and a way to to, you know, process them other than by yourself, then you get shut down and this is where people think you've you know, you're living with your head in the clouds and Oh yeah. And you spend too much time alone and so forth. So uh, by testing those dreams, those visions that you have, you get the opportunity to look at the practicality of it maybe, or you get to have the help you need from perhaps a strategic partner to actually put steps in place to make it happen. Right. So you have to be able to share those, but you have to make sure you share them in a safe place. Absolutely. And it sounds like Lana is a beautiful, safe place for you to share those talents. So I'm glad you're able to do that. Until I told those stories now on your podcast. (laughs) And so (laughs) I've I've shared them beyond the safe place, but that's that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We already know that you are a little bit crazy. That's true. (laughs) So let me, I want to ask you, because you've mentioned uh, Lana and how Uh she keeps you grounded. And she, I happen to know, has taken the test also. And do you know her talents off the top of your head? Let's see. She is harmony, Mm -hmm. discipline, responsibility, achiever, and communication. Wow. So she is really a powerful doer. She gets stuff done. Yes. And she likes peace. And she, she does. likes to share and tell stories and so forth with that communication. Now, how has the two of you, knowing your talents, how has that helped your relationship? What's happened uh, just based on having those oh. 10 words now? Well, I think, oh, gosh, a lot. Um, one thing is with my futuristic, she's very high discipline. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a disciplined person, I believe you told me that Five percent or six percent of people have discipline in it's their really top five. It's really low, and so I think because I have futuristic, which is rare, and she has discipline, which is rare, it's given us a rare opportunity to. Uh, she helps me put things in place to achieve the futuristic ideas that God pops into my brain, and and so she's really great for me. 
Uh, but I think also, you know, she just started a new business doing baby bibs. Mm-hmm. And, I just bought some. And, uh, yeah, and they're great and they're, <laughs> they're incredible. And, and so I think she's slowly allowing my futuristic to work for her because she would prefer to grow really slow and be very patient and want to know every T is crossed and every I is dotted before she does it. And, and so slowly she's opening up to helping me dream for her right? as she puts her list together of the things that she needs to get done to make it happen. And, but also we're both very high responsibility. So another thing, you know, because we have two little kids, two and a half and six months, I'm more free to go to the church and help than she is. And, and so it wasn't that long ago where she found herself frustrated because I was getting asked to help all the time and no one was asking her because they knew she was busy. And so one of the things that we had to do was sit down and say, okay, look, I'm not going to go on this day and this day. I'll stay with the kids so that you can go because she's got to get that responsibility filled. Well, she wants to contribute too. Yeah, and, 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 and she's communication as well. Mm-hmm. So she loves to get to be a part of a team that she can lead and encourage and, and, and know that her part is helping the big picture. And so that, you know, that was a balance that it took us a little while to get there, but now we're able to allow both of us to, to get responsibility filled in sure, our lives. Sure. Let me just remind everyone that we are talking about the Gallup Strengths Finder Assessment, and you can access that uh, test yourself at www.gallupstrengthscenter.com. For $9.99, you can find out your top five of 34 talent themes, which will help you uh, make changes in your life and, and be your very best self. So. And you are crazy not to do it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You don't have to say that. I'll say that Uh, for you. Well, it is such an instrument. And I'll tell you that I believe that it's underutilized. There have been 12 million people who have now, over 12 million, who have taken the test. And most of them take it at work. And then they get some basic training, just very basic information, but they never take it deeply. They don't get coaching. They don't get deep personal you know, workshops and, and that type of thing. And, and so it's a shame. And, but that's the movement that we've created that's here right. in Oklahoma City. And uh, we're uh, planning on taking that well into the, uh, the world. So let me ta- I want to go back quickly to uh, the responsibility, because with that talent you have of responsibility, and that, that's a common talent. A lot of people have that. It is uh, one that it, you know, you're responsible. You, your word is your bond. If you say you're going to get something done, you're going to get it done, come heck or high water, even if you stay up until midnight uh, to take care of business. And what you need is control. So the fact that you and Lana, your wife, both have responsibility means that you've had to create some kind of balance in your lives or else you're button up against one another. How have you been able to manage that? I know you mentioned the church, but there's some other things that you've done. Yeah. You know, responsibility is interesting to me because I've heard you explain responsibility and it is people that need control. And, and that's Lana. She loves to be in control. She hates feeling like she's out of control or Mm -hmm. she's not in the driver's seat. Whereas I'm not like that. I don't need control. 
I love following in line and taking direction, but I love leadership too. And so I think we're both very different, even though we both share responsibility as number three. Mm-hmm. And so for us in our marriage, one of the things that we did early on, we, we did premarital counseling before we got married, which was huge. Uh, we'd probably be divorced if it wasn't for that. Probably not, <laughs> but maybe, I don't know. But we're not, so that's good. And one of the things that we did right away was we decided that anything outside of the house, task or chore-wise, was me. Mm-hmm. And anything inside of the house, task or chore-wise, was Lana. And so it allowed us right away to know I'm responsible for that. She's responsible for this. And now like that, I vacuum sometimes. I do the dishes sometimes. I always wash our, our daughter's bottles. Well, 90% of the time. And, <laughs> we'll but have she to check knows, with Lana on Yeah, that. you can ask her about that. <laughs> But she knows that if it's an inside task, she asks me to help her because that's her responsibility. And so if I have an outside task, if I'm supposed to water the plants and I forget, it's not my, it's not my responsibility to just assume that she'll do it if I forget, but that I need to be proactive in asking for her help. And so that, I think, has saved us from a lot of fights mm-hmm. because we already just knew beforehand that these are yours and these are mine. And, and so, uh, I mean, it's just been huge in our marriage because I just run into so many people all the time that they're so mad because their husband or their wife didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And then you ask them, well, have you ever talked about that being there? Well, no, but they should just know. And that's yeah, we just don't know. an unrealistic <laughs> expectation. It is. That sadly leads to a lot of marital issues. Sure. And so, uh, again, Strength Finder has brought that to the surface that that's high for both of us. Mm -hmm. And so it's given us permission to put things down on paper and create roles and responsibilities because we know that we need them. Right. It brings clarity to your marriage and the things that you need to do. And I just want to remind everybody that just because they don't have responsibility high doesn't mean they're irresponsible. I happen to have responsibility number 28 out of 34. And I can promise you I did raise my daughters and they did get fed and and so forth, uh, for the most part anyway. But it uh, you take psychological ownership of things when you say it's going to be done it's going to be done. So that's where uh, responsibility comes into play as far as a um, a talent is concerned. And, and the fact that I don't have it high just means that I don't really care. If you want to come take it away from me, go ahead. It's not a problem. I don't need control sure. uh, over situations. Now, let's talk about your includer. That is right. your fifth talent of your top five. And so, um, Includer, you're kind of picking up strays sometimes, aren't you? Yeah. I, uh, I've never met a person that I didn't trust. Uh, I would give my kids to anyone, probably. Uh, well, I wouldn't <laughs> Lana would not let would you do that. Back, but, uh, but I've, you know, I, I've always, I just treat people that, that I trust you until you prove otherwise. And I think that's part of my Includer. Uh, I do a lot of networking for my business and I'm kind of naturally drawn to the people that I see kind of standing alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can remember, you know, seasons in well, one particular season in my life in college that was just a bad season for me. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends in that season. Uh, I was lonely in that season. And so I think because I know what it feels like right. to be the outsider, to feel like, even though it may not be true, but to feel like you don't have any friends and there's no one you can talk to, 
uh, I'm just naturally I see him in the corner, and and I just want to go. I want to go talk to him. And you want to bring them to the the greater table, so to speak. Absolutely. Sure. And and I think more than anything, I love finding someone that doesn't know anyone mm-hmm. and then just bringing them alongside me long enough to introduce them to someone that I think they would click with. Yes. And then I can release them and move on to the next person. Because you've done your job. Right. You've included right. them. And uh, you mentioned your college days where you had a you know really tough time acclimating to the environment and so forth. And that's probably how you developed this hypersensitivity to people who are excluded. And that's why you notice them because you've had that same experience yourself. Absolutely. And so... And I think, you know, I was a pastor for almost 10 years in Dallas and a student pastor. So I work with fifth through 12th graders. And, you know, I would see students every week that would show up and you could see it in their eyes. Like they want to engage so much. But whatever it is, whether it's fear or anxiety or uncertainty or or feeling like no one's going to accept, accept them or that if I play that game, I'm going to lose and then I'm going to feel bad. And, and so I think from having almost a decade of pouring into young people and, and really just watching what happens when you take notice of someone like that, bring them in, and then through that protection – they're able to flourish and kind of come into their own and then they don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's what I've loved about Includer is just that no matter what I'm doing, uh, my, you know, I remember early on in our business that if I had days that I made money, I was typically alone and I hated those days, even though I was making money. But if it was a day where I had four coffees and a networking event and I got to be around people all the time, and I felt included in things, even though I didn't make money that day. Those were my favorite days. Sure. And, and so, uh, which again would confuse Lana because <laughs> she's like, "Well, you made money. Why would that not be a good day?" But you're just driven to serve people, is what. Yeah, really... I just I love being around people and and including them in anything and everything that I'm doing. Well, I thank you for including them because I don't have Includer High and I'm not going to notice. Yes, you're welcome. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. I'm just no. other gifted. And uh, that's where, you know, we, we have an opportunity to recognize people living in their gifts and appreciating them for what they bring to the table without judging ourselves. Sure. I know that Includer's not high for me and I'm okay because I get to watch you shine. Yeah. So that that's the other. But that's know, what Strength Finder does. It does. Before Strength Finder, I would have looked at you and been like, Rhonda, How why come you are don't you notice? not mm-hmm. including more people? Yeah. You know, because that's how I am. That's right. And and naturally, we we want people to to have, to be like us. We're always looking out of our own eyeballs, yep. and we're judging or comparing unless we have something like the Strength Finder assessment to help us understand how people are, how they're different, how they're gifted other than us, and we accept them for who they are. So I want to thank you so much for being our guest today. And tell me uh, how we people can reach you. Tell us your website and anything you want us to know. My website is draperandsons.com. Okay. And uh, you can go there. You can email me directly. Uh, we, we've recently just gone to commercial roofing only. Okay. So 
anyone that knows anybody with commercial buildings, we would be honored to serve them. There you go. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today. And if anyone would like to reach me, you can find me at Rhonda at ActivateYourStrengths.com. Our website is also ActivateYourStrengths.com. And we have workshops here in the Oklahoma City area. The next one coming up is on August 13th. And we would love to have you at our basic. And you can find out more information at the website. And with that, we thank you for being here. And we will see you next time. Go live in your strengths. Activate Your Strengths with Rhonda Boyle is a presentation of Oklahoma Talking Company. Learn more and listen to other great programs at oklahomatalking.co. This has been a production of Destiny Creative.